It ain't cold now. That thing got adjusted. Amen. That or the consuming fire of the presence of God, right? Warmed it up. Amen. Well, we're going to continue on the journey of uh, Matthew chapter 7 and the specs and logs topic. Amen. How many enjoyed last week's spec and specs and logs? I, if you were like me, I had lots of opportunities for this last week's message to come to my mind and, and uh, realize, like, that's not for you, right? <laughs> Did anyone else have that encounter? You were like, oh, yeah, judge not. The same measure I judge, I'm going to be judged by, right? So we're going to continue on that topic. And um, very funny is I thought um, the first time I put the message together was going to be one week, and it has turned into three. So praise the Lord. And I don't know who knows if there's going to be a four and a five. I, I, well, I'm not even going to say I hope not because we're going to do what the Lord wants us to do. Um, I will tell you this week's going to be a little bit different, and you're going to probably go, oh, my Lord. Um, so just a precursor, not that I'm looking for extra attention or extra meetings, um, but um, there, <laughs> there could be an opportunity that somebody wants to come after service or in this next week and have a conversation about our, some of our topics today. And if that is the case, I am more than willing. And as long as we use the Bible as our, our guide, we're going to be good. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, there may or may not be, but who knows? I just want everyone to understand that I am okay with that. Okay, I'm okay if there's something that you question or you're not sure about and you want to have a conversation, I'm totally fine to do that. I would prefer not to do it right after church. I'd prefer to um, have an appointment and we can come in the office and discuss it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, last week we were covering um, really the, the gist and I believe the heart of um, what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and to us today was to examine our motives. It's the motives that he's really concerned about and um, not so much the actions, but why that's important is because man does not have the ability to judge motives. We're aware of that. We often try to do it, and that's where we get in a lot of trouble is when we judge someone's motives. They do, and what do I mean by that? Someone does something to us, and then we try to figure out why they did it. We jump to assumptions, and we know what assume does, right? Amen. So we don't need to go there. Praise the Lord. Um, last week, one of our first points was stop being so critical, right? We don't need to be so critical. Um, it's not for us to be critical of the world. It's not for us to judge the world. Um, that's not our territory and realm to be in judgment of. Amen? It's what we want to do. And like, look at them. Look, and why we do that a lot is because then we can say, look at us, look at us. We're so much better than them. Forgetting that we were once them. Yeah. Amen? And we still, without the grace of God and without the blood of Christ, we are them. We're in a hot mess, right? So we have no, we're in no position to be judging the world. We should be looking at ourselves. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we covered that. We looked at some scripture. Um, the truth of the same standard of measurement, right? Very important. The same standard of measurement that we judge, we will be judged by. And that's okay, right? That's a good thing. We do have the ability to judge some things as long as we're not a hypocrite in that area, right? I do believe it's wrong that a man gets drunk and beats up his wife. I'm going to make a judgment on that. That's wrong. I can rightly judge that because I live by that measure of standard. If the Lord wants to measure that back to me, I'm okay with that. Amen. That's what that means. It doesn't mean, well, you can't, you know, don't judge anyone. That's not what it's saying. And Jesus is going to clarify some of this through, through some more of this. Um, the second point uh, was check yourself before you wreck yourself. Those are words to live by, right? Look at yourself and then look at your motivation when you want to go judge somebody, right? Um, the, whole, the whole specs and logs was quite com uh, comical, at least it is for me. And the Lord has shown me that picture um, throughout this week, and it's been very good. 
and I thank the Lord for his sense of humor. Um, so this week, we're going to make a little bit of a turn. Let's, I'm going to read Matthew 7 again, and then we're going to get into our third point, which was there is a difference between brothers, dogs, and pigs. Amen? Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot, turn to attack you. There's a difference between brothers. You see in the context, Jesus speaks of brothers, he speaks of dogs, and he speaks of pigs. There's a difference between the three. It's highly important that we recognize the difference between brothers, dogs, and pigs. Amen? Now, you got to be real careful with that pig one. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Why is this important? I begin to, to talk to the Lord, and, and Lord, there, I see that there's three classifications here. Now, what is the, the main point? And, and my, my um, revelation was this. Neither dogs nor pigs appreciate what's valuable. Dogs and pigs do not have the ability to appreciate what is valuable. It says, don't give, basically, don't give what's valuable, don't give what's precious to dogs. Don't give what's precious to pigs because they will trample them under. Because they won't value it. They won't appreciate it. They won't take care of it, right? Um, little fun note I shared with the first service. Wasn't planning on it, but pearls. They're of great value. Do you know how a pearl is made? pain. An oyster, a little fine grain of sand goes into an oyster, and it creates discomfort and pain. And out of that, God creates beauty. That pearl, well, the oyster begins to spin what's called knacker around the grain of sand. Have you guys seen what a grain of sand looks like under high um, magnification? It's not smooth. It's extremely jagged. So the oyster begins to spin what's called knacker around that grain of sand, and it creates a pearl inside. And the smoother the pearl, the larger the pearl, if they're in um, the Pacific Ocean, they're in salt water, they're extremely more valuable. The bigger they get, the smoother, the more shiny, the better. Pearls can be very expensive. When you have a strand of pearls, ladies, and they're saltwater pearls, they're Akoya pearls, they can get very expensive. And they're beautiful. So you wouldn't take something like that and just throw it into the pigsty, right? Especially not with a dog or a pig. They don't, would not appreciate the value. Amen? So, here's where we're going to take a turn. And um, just put your seatbelt on and praise the Lord. Um, I have stayed off this topic, and I was instructed by most sane pastors, we'll say, <laughs> to not um, go there. And, but I felt the Lord this week, in this um, topic especially, and there's a difference between brothers, dogs, and pigs, I felt like I heard the Lord say this. Your president does distinguish what's valuable, and he fights for it. So where you've heard in the past that it's, you should not talk about politics in the church, and the church has no business talking about politics, um, I'm going to set that straight today. So praise the Lord. I've tackled every other subject. We might as well go there, right? 
And I will tell you, this was not my plan just to say, oh, I checked that box. Um, I'd like to, personally, I'd like to stay far enough away from it as I can. Um, but we're at a place, and here's the truth of it, and that's the truth of it, is that uh, I had a brother about a month back, and I, because I had said, you know, like, we, I don't really want to get into that in the church, and he brought me up in, in Greek, and it's a beautiful um, word, and it's the word for politics, and uh, what that word means is, is the affairs of the cities. So whether you want to be involved or not, you are involved in the affairs of the cities. Yes. That's what that word means. We are involved in politics. We are involved in the affairs of the cities. We're involved in the affairs of this country. And we're also involved in the affairs of this world. That's why we're here. Yes. Right? We're to have an effect in all of those areas. So we're going to talk about that today. Just for It's not the whole message, but it's part of it. In the context of there's a difference between brothers, dogs, and pigs. A lot of people will call our president a pig. A lot of people will call our president a dog. Um, a lot of the church does that, and um, that's wrong. How do we know a brother? We're going we're gonna to look at some of this, and I'm not going to go into a list of things that are outside that doesn't involve the church, okay? I'm not going to talk about the economy. I'm not going to talk about all that stuff. Those are great things, I'm not gonna, but I'm going to talk about um, where the church has... Yeah, and we're going to get there. I promise you. I'm not going to hold back. That's what we're going to talk about. These are articles, if you care to look at, and you want to go do some searches, just search, what has this president done for the church? And I want to read some things. This is the New York Associated Press. It says, when Donald Trump assumed the presidency, conservative religious leaders drew up wish lists. They do this with all presidents. They drew up wish lists of steps they hoped he'd take to oppose abortion and rein in the LGBTQ rights movement. With a flurry of recent actions, the president's administration is now winning their praise for aggressively fulfilling many of their goals. Matt Staver, president of the Legal Advocacy Organization of the Liberty Council, said President Trump has fulfilled about 90% of the goals on a list that Staver and other conserv conservative leaders compiled. That's a year and a half ago. In the first two years of his administration, he's achieved more than all of the presidents combined since Ronald Reagan, Staver said. Amen. He's been the most pro-religious, pro-freedom, pro-life, pro-family president in modern history. Church, wake up. The most pro-life, pro-family, pro-religious freedom president that we've seen. And yet, the church wants to throw rocks at him. The church wants to say, not my president. They want to follow the not my president movement. Charisma magazine. Why am I even bringing this up? Because I know many of you, some of you don't agree, and that's okay. But I'm going to bring the truth. When, when Charisma magazine and Christian magazines are saying the president should be impeached, that he's a dog, that he's a pig, we have a problem. We have a problem in the church. And this is an area that I can talk about. And I'm not afraid to. And here's something I understand. There may be a day that I would go to jail for what I'm going to preach about today or talk about. So while we have the ability, I'm going to do it. And as Christians, I'm going to encourage you. You should get involved in what's going on in this world. You're going to stand before God. And you're going to give an account for letting abortion happen in this country for not fighting against that, for not fighting against what God declaims and says marriage is supposed to look like, what he declaims and says what a family is supposed to look like, because there's 3% of a population that has turned this thing upside down while the church has been silent. 
3% has flipped this upside down, where it is okay now for drag queens to sit in public libraries and teach kids. That's, and if you say anything about that, that's hate speech and you're wrong. God help us. How did we get there? Well, I'll tell you how, because the pastors, I'm taking the shots, not you, because pastors have not stood for what the truth is. They've been afraid to lose their 401c3 tax exemption. I don't care. We're going to speak the truth. You take my tax exemption. God's bigger than our tax exemption. If God is for us, who can be against us? I'd rather have him on my side than have a government, right? Okay, so this is going better than I hoped. Praise the Lord. First, sir, I'm going to say that first crowd, I was a little, a little rough, just saying. Maybe, maybe they weren't. I need you to hear something. Hold on. I, let me preach this message. President Trump is not my savior. President Trump is not my savior. I have one, and he does an amazing job of it. I don't agree with everything our president does. I don't agree with everything my, our president says. There's a lot of things I wish he would shut up. I wish someone would take his phone and he would quit tweeting. I, I cannot say, is our president a Christian? He professes to be. So I will take him at his word like I would any one of you. I also understand that baby Christians make messes. Right, Pat? Where's Patty? Baby Christians make messes. Most of us did the same thing. Most of us, if everything we said was broadcasted on national television, we'd, we'd wish, we, we would probably have a little more wisdom, I would say, and I, I would hope I would shut up more. At least someone would come and smash my phone, I think. But he's not perfect, and he's not my savior. But he is fighting for the unborn. He has aligned himself with the church. He is supporting the church. Before he became our president, he was the only one I heard talking about the Christians who were being killed all around the world, the Christians that were being martyred. It got my attention because I don't know if you, church, were aware, but there was a, a big period, and it's still happening, but Christians were being crucified in the streets in Iraq, and our, our president at that time was not saying a word about it. He was not saying that they were terrorists, that they were um, Muslim terrorists. He was like those people, and he was bowing to Muslim leaders, and it was just a whole different thing. He was allowing this world for LGBTQ um, rights to be pushed down our throat, even though we'd vote against them. Th this was bathrooms. People are, oh, if you want to go into a bathroom, it doesn't matter what you are. Like going to, this is getting weird. They're, they're pushing this stuff down our kids' throats. Like, this is, this is not, this isn't happening with this president. And somehow the church is like, wants to still worship the previous president, and throw rocks and say, we should impeach this one. Let me tell you something. Darkness hates light. If you can't see that there's an evil spirit behind what's going on to try to evict a president who is for the church, who has the church's ear, who is against killing innocent lives, who is against 
trafficking human beings, who is against murdering Christians, you don't think that's an evil spirit trying to get rid of the person? You're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> I'm serious. If you can't see that, there's, he, he is doing all this with the help of God. Or it wouldn't happen. He, has a, he had a Republican group that's against him. He had the Democrats against him. There's no one standing with him. And he's getting all this stuff done. Church, wake up. He's fighting for you while the church is throwing rocks at him. It's bizarre. He is the only president in our history that has went and spoke at the Right for, right for Life walk that just happened a few weeks ago. And here's a couple, there, if you haven't seen, and you don't hear these things on the media. You won't hear this, but go look it up and you can watch videos and hear what he said. He said this out of his mouth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. He went on and said, when we see a picture of a baby in the womb, we get a glimpse of God's majesty. That's not a dog. That's not a pig. That's someone who is valuing the most precious things we have. Innocent life. And some of you have sour faces. I'm sorry about your sour face. I'm sorry. You can be mad or you can be glad. It's your choice. But I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. Whether you like some, and I don't care if you were a Democrat or Republican, I could care less. The person in office, if they are supporting or someone running, if they have a brand new platform and they are against abortion, they're against trafficking human beings, they're against uh, killing Christians, they're against LGBTQ, they're against, or they're for the, the church, I'm going to tell you, which hand's the rock in? Who should you support? Do you want to have freedoms in the future? Because the, the track that we were on, we were losing freedoms. And the track that England is on right now, Franklin Graham has been evicted out of that, of being able to go and minister in that country anymore because of the LGBTQ beliefs, because he believes on God's side. He doesn't say God hates him. He says, God loves you. He hates my sin as much as he hates your sin. That's what he said. And I agree. I, my sin isn't any better. God doesn't like my sin. But guess what? The truth is, is God is against those things, just like he's against ours. And I'm not going to say he is. And if it means that you go to jail for speaking the truth, then we go to jail. But I'm going to tell the church, when your pastor goes to jail because you were silent, who's going to take care of my wife and my kids? That's where we're going here. We're going to be held accountable at some point. And there's a time to be silent and there's time not to. This ain't the time. While we have a president that has given us an open invitation to declare the truth and he's supporting those things, you better use it. Amen. You better use the freedoms that you have. You better value what's precious. You better value the freedoms that you have. You better value the voice that God has given you. You better value the country that you live in that's been founded on Judeo-Christian principles. That our forefathers didn't stay out of politics, but they got involved and they started a country where we would have religious freedom. Amen. It's not separation from church and state to keep the church out of the state. It's to keep the state out of the church. Amen. That's history, which is his story. The Trump administration's actions represent a sharp turnaround from the presidency of Barack Obama who supported abortion rights, same-sex marriage, 
mandated that contraceptive be covered by the Affordable Care Act, enabled transgender people to serve openly in the military, and issued guidances to school districts that they should let transgender students use the bathrooms of their choice. And these same magazines said that this president was a Christian and they supported him. Well, I'm not judging it, but I can tell you this, the fruit don't look good. That's not good fruit. You're, a, you're not standing on the side of God. And if you're not on his side, you're on the wrong side. That's not complicated. When you're supporting people who are their platform, the platform is that not that just you have a right. You have a right to murder babies all the way up until they're delivered. That's the platform. That's sick and wrong. You don't even have to be a Christian to understand that. And on that one thing alone, we know, we know that God's created all life. Every race and creed and color come from one life. And he loves all of them. And I'm against killing any of them, especially the innocent. God hates the shedding of innocent's blood. He hates it. And we have an opportunity to see this stop in this country. The president has elected and appointed judicials, Supreme Court judicials, who have a lifetime to serve. Two of them, and they've both been pro-life. Both of them are pro-life. And there's opportunities for more. We could literally see abortion overturned. We could see that overturned. I'm for that. I'm for that. I want to be able to look at my kids someday and say, you know what, we did something about that. Or they're going to grow up and say, why did you allow this to happen? Because this generation is learning that it is sick. It's murder. They're getting up in arms, and they're just going to start going like, why didn't you guys do something? Here's the flip side. The same phenomenon being celebrated by religious conservatives is viewed with alarm by liberal activists. They should be. Here's a quote. For the religious right, every day is Christmas, said Rachel Lazor. Under this president, every day is Christmas. The, the church gets what they want. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing. She's the president and CEO of America's United for Separation of Church and State. She worries that the mantra of religious freedom is being used to protect some Americans while hurting others. Isn't that interesting? That's, that's the, the, well, if you are, and they're going to, we're radical. Did you know you're radical? You're radicalized. These are radical religious people that want to stop abortion. Radical religion people that, that are against LGBTQ. You're radical. And you're racist, too. You're radical religious racists. Because the president doesn't want to help everybody. So if you, it's like, what? How did, the tolerant, right? This tolerant, they're so intolerant. It's like, it's flipped upside down. Yeah. It's exactly what the Bible said would happen. Right would be seen as wrong, and wrong would be seen as right. We're in the last days. The media is not going to tell you the truth. They're going to put everything that is upside down as, that's good. And everything that is right and would be biblically right, they're going to say, is wrong. That's where we're at. That's why it's more important now than ever to have a Bible, to understand what God's Word says. She goes on to say, it can't be religious freedom just for the white evangelical Christians. It has to be religious freedom for all of us, she said. 
We're witnessing divisiveness as Trump and his cronies and religious extremists across the country continue to chip away at the church and state separation. You're right, we got a jackhammer on that one. Listen to this, church. January 16th, this last month, he just signed an executive order for the right to pray in public schools. Where the previous administration is passing rights to be a boy or a girl, you don't know, but you can go in a shower or anyone else's just as long as you associate like that. And you don't have a right to come against that because that's hate speech. That, that, you're wrong. But this president saying, like, because there was a girl whose friend was in a car accident, severe car accident. She brought some friends together and began to pray at her school. The principal came and said, stop, you can't do that. Wow. You can't pray on this school. So the, the parents got in an uproar. So then he said, well, okay, you can pray, but you have to go like in a different room or you have to go hide. You can't do that in the public. So President Trump gets wind of it. All right, I'm putting an executive order. He literally said, I watched the video. You don't hear this on the news. I watched the video. He said, this is the most important right that anyone would have yes. to be able to pray. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. On where? School campuses. So guess what teachers are doing? Pray. Celebrating and praying in their classes. This is, what, this is what it used to look like, right? This is what it used to look like. Remember growing up and being proud of your country? Isn't that a beautiful thing? The defense of life, free speech, and religious liberty should never be subject to political and cultural whims, said Kristen Wagoner, an ADF senior vice president. They are constitutional guarantees, and we are grateful that this administration recognizes that reality and is taking serious steps to correct injustice and protect all Americans. You might not like everything about this president, but you should love the things I mentioned. You should love that he's fighting to defend human life. He's fighting against human trafficking. He's fighting to give your children a place that they can, they can pray in public schools. He's fighting for your religious freedoms, even though a lot of you don't like him and are throwing rocks at him. He's saying, church, what would you like? Church, what would you like? He's asked Christians, because I think he's a baby Christian, he's asked Christians to surround him to come and pray to the White House. He had Jesus culture, a bunch of different worship groups. He's opened the doors to the White House for Christians to come. And what do you think he's doing? If they're smart and if we're smart, we're saying, hey, how about this? Yeah. <laughs> how about, okay, right to life speech. I'll go there. I'll, no president's done that before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight for, for human life. We're gonna try to overturn that. We should be supporting him and praying for him. Yeah. He defeated... ISIS, who was crucifying Christians, killing babies and placing their heads on poles in the streets. Like, it's truth, and it happened. And he's fighting, he fought them and, and defeated that. Thank you. Thank you. Christians are dying all over the world, and the previous president would not say they were Christians, and he would not say that they were Muslims or terrorists. The president's like, we got to stop this. Just took out the General Salamini, who was, according to Israel's prime minister, 
the number one terrorist there was on the planet that caused them more harm and more harm to our soldiers. And somehow our media twisted and says that it was, it was wrong for him to do that. And you have a lot of people going, yeah, that's wrong. What the heck? January 31st, this president signed into order a bill that combats human trafficking and online sexual exploitation of those trafficked. Did you hear anything about that? No. Nope. Is that a good thing? That's a huge problem. We pray for our kids. I pray if you have daughters, you need to be real careful. There's literally, even in this area, there's people running and stealing children and adults to be sex trafficked. It's the biggest money maker over drugs there is. All the cartels are doing it because there's more money in that than anything else. Our president's fighting against that. Thank you. Here's my writing. Well, some of this is. This all is. It is extremely concerning that many Christians are sided with the extreme liberal Democratic Party that is fighting against the most pro-life, pro-family, pro-Christian president in modern times. That's, a, that's concerning to me. It should be concerning to you. When you're fighting against, I don't care what they're talking If he was a Muslim and he is fighting abortion, he's fighting human trafficking, he's fighting to protect marriage and families, yes. I'd vote for him. I might not agree with all his ideologies, but if those are the things he's supporting, I'm for that. But somehow we want to judge this guy. And be, well, he says he's a Christian and he said some mean things. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? He's defending human life. He's fighting for freedoms for the church. He's, he's taking a lot of shots. What did Jesus, if, if they're not against you, for you. Hmm, figure this one out. The editor-in-chief of Christianity, this is why I'm speaking today. The editor-in-chief of Christianity Today says that they have received a boost in new subscriptions since calling for Trump's removal. Wow. Those are some hard truths, church. And I know a lot of you aren't saying you're supporting that, but this is the church as a whole. They have, their publications have grown. They have increased since they've said he needs to be removed. Pray for the church. We need to get on the same page. We need to realize that we will give an account to God for what we are defending and supporting. Why I'm speaking about this today is because I'm not so concerned about the politics. I'm not so concerned on what you, your stances or thinks are, but I am going to stand before God someday. And while we have an opportunity to have the freedom of speech that we do have, I'm not as ignorant to think that we're always going to have it. I personally believe if this president had not came in office, I'd probably already be in jail. We'd be very close. So while the sun is shining, let's get to work, right? Let's get to work. Let's get on one page. You might not agree with all, every single policy, and, and I don't agree with every single thing that he does and says, but let's look at the big things. Let's look at those things. If you're not, if, if, I'll say it this way. If you are supporting 
abortion. You support people who support abortion. You support the LGBTQ community. You support um, not having the sanctity of life, and you're against the church, then you're not my brother. Is that plain enough? According to biblical standards, that wouldn't be a brother. Which is where we're going to head. I'm going to say it again. This president is not my savior, but this president at least values the same things we as Christians do. The most precious of those of being life. He values our liberty. He values our pursuit of happiness. That is what determines dogs, swines, brothers. They recognize and appreciate the things that are valuable. There's nothing more valuable than the sanctity of human life. There's nothing more valuable. It's always been an antichrist spirit that has come to take life. You've seen that in, in, uh, in World War II when the Germans were trying to, to wipe out a race off the planet. That was not the spirit of God behind that. It's not the spirit of God behind wiping out millions of unborn innocent ch- children. I will be open in my office next week. can blame the fact that I didn't go to every class in Bible school that I might not have got told not to do that so <laughs> getting back on the topic in the message with the proper humility still talking about there's a difference between brothers dogs and pigs with the proper proper humility and motivation we can help one another with faults or shortcomings but only when we have dealt with our own logs and critical spirits and after we've chosen to live in forgiveness and grace. We're called to help one another. That at times is going to be that we come with something and, and say there's, there's an issue. But we're called to do that only when we've got deliverance and we've been freed from those same areas. And when we have been freed from those areas, we're to come in a humble spirit. We're to come in a, a spirit of mercy. And, we're, and we're, not, we're not excited to go do that. Amen? Anytime someone's excited to go, like, I'm going to go give it to them, and they'll go have it, you're in the wrong spirit. <laughs> I'll tell you right then, you're in the wrong spirit. It grieves you to have to do that. It's not something fun. Amen? If you're going to, if you liked, hated everything else I said, you might like this one. I'd write this down. Always treat your brother's faults like a speck and yours like a beam. These are words to live by. You'll, get it. You'll stay out of a lot of trouble if you always treat your brother's faults like a speck and you treat your own faults like a beam. That will keep you in a really good heart and a really good attitude. Always approach a brother, I'm still talking about brothers, in a spirit of humility and love, realizing that you too have been found guilty and forgiven. Anytime you approach someone, never think that you're, you're greater than they are, you're better than they are, because you're not in that sin. Because you've got your own list. Amen. 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 
don't forget that you've been forgiven too. Amen? Amen? Those are words to live by. You need to know that you're not above falling in the same area. If there's been one thing I've seen over my life as a Christian, and I've seen it in myself, you, you hear me on this, church. When you begin to judge and mock people and make fun of someone because of an area that they stumble in, it won't be long. You'll be in that same situation. I promise. I've seen it over and over and over. You see really judgmental people. They start pointing their finger and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. If they, if they don't repent and they don't humble themselves, they will be in that same spot. I promise you. Be real careful about that. That's good enough. I'm going to carry on. Well, when you judge someone unmercifully, even if you're not in that area, even judging someone unmercifully, you're setting yourself up for a failure. You're setting yourself up for judgment. You're setting yourself up. There's nothing more humbling when you've judged someone in an area of their life, and then you eat the same thing. You do the same thing. You fall in that same area. All of a sudden, you have this beautiful mercy for people in those faults now. Don't you? No, I say a beautiful mercy. It is a beautiful thing. That's the one of the most beautiful things that come out of us screwing up is that all of a sudden now we understand and we have a sympathy and we're, we have a mercy for those who, who struggle in those areas. Amen. Your pastor has a plethora of opportunities right. of screw-ups and mess-ups, and I fell on flat on my face many, many times. Um, I'm pretty merciful, not because it was natural, because I needed it. Amen. I needed it. I needed every single bit of mercy that God had, and... I like to give mercy when all possible, even in a correction, even in an instance where something's wrong. Um, you may think, I don't know what you think, but I hear sometimes people say you're intimidating or you're this or that. If you get to know me, especially in a situation where there's been some damage, you're going to see some mercy. Amen. Amen? Amen? I've been given a lot of it, and I feel I'm pretty merciful. My kids, what do you guys, oh, don't ask, no, I'm kidding. You can ask them. <laughs> That's where you'll get the truth. I haven't even paid them in a while, so they'll tell you the real truth. <laughs> Let's look at some scripture on this topic. Galatians 6.1. Look at the first word. What's it say? Brothers. Brothers. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Amen. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Look at these next words. Keep watch on yourself. What I just said about when you start going to judgment, I'm telling you, you do that and it's going to hit you right smack dab in the between the eyes. It says keep watch on yourself. You know what that means? Humble yourself. Realize that if it isn't for the grace of God, you'd be in that same spot. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Still talking about brothers. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. I told the first service, he didn't say go and tell Facebook. <laughs> if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. 
And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. That's a strong word. I can tell you, um, and I'm not saying this because we're going to plan on, I have no desire to plan on telling people stand up. And I will tell you that I have seen this, um, not in the United States. And this, I have seen this passage of scripture come to life and I saw it and watched it with my own eyes, how God beautifully restored and healed the church, actually three churches, through uh, one man doing what the Bible said, even though it was very uncomfortable. I seen when I was in Africa, a bishop, there was an older pastor that had a church that was uh, probably from this black line here to that wall, not very big. It was uh, a, one of the nicest churches in the area, which was built with some mud and, and uh, straw, little bricks. There's no glass in the dirt floor and straw roof. The two other churches were sticks and bisqueen. The older pastor, um, the, these two younger pastors began Basically, they wanted the church, and they were saying some accusations and this and that and turning people against the pastor, and the bishop, we, I had no idea this was going on. We go to minister, and, and people are worshiping the Lord. It's been awesome, and he, in the middle of the service, tells this man, I need you to stand up, tells this other pastor, I need you to stand up, tells the older pastor, I need you to stand up, and he begins to share that he had talked to them, and, and um, they hadn't listened. And he brought it to the attention of the, all the congregations and said, this is what's happening. You need, to, you need to repent before the Lord and you need to go ask forgiveness from this, from this pastor. And he told each of them in front of God and everybody. And I'll tell you what, there was a conviction that hit that place and they began to weep. They began to weep. And they went and they asked and they begged for forgiveness and mercifully. Then he said to, this, to the older pastor, I want you to pray over them and bless them and restore them. And in front of God and everybody, they did that. And, and something beautiful happened. It was like, wow. We don't see that happen in this country. We see a lot of church splits. We see a lot of dysfunction. We don't follow the protocol that God has laid out. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm planning on doing this. I don't have no desire. Believe me, it's not in my heart to want to go ever do that. I don't want to ever expose things. or It's always going to be my heart to come to you if there's an issue. And, and, and I pray that if we're brothers, see, when we're brothers, you submit to that and you go, oh, my Lord, I'm so sorry. That offended, oh, my Lord. When you're, when you're not a brother, see, when, when that is, and you go, no, screw that. I want no part of that. I'm, I'm, mm, I'm doing my own thing. The Bible says, not me, but the Bible says they're not your brother anymore. Paul goes even to, like, next level. He's like, turn them over to the devil. And even in that, that's really merciful. Why? So that they would run to the end of that very quickly. They would go, like, ow, that's hot, and come running back to Christ. Amen? That's the reason. But we don't, we're not simply, oh, run out of here and go turn yourself for the devil. I'm not saying that. I hope you hear my heart. Where we're not to judge is outside. We have a mandate from Jesus and from Paul that in the church, we need to make some judgments. And we need to know there's a difference between brothers, dogs, and pigs. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 through 13 Paul says it like this. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would not, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. <laughs> Sounds like today. He says, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer 
The Greek says anyone who claims to be a brother. You're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother, yet, doesn't say happened one time, yet indulges in sexual sin, indulges in greedy, being greedy or worshiping idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Wow, that's pretty rough. There's a difference between brothers, dogs, and pigs. It's real fashionable to say, brother, hey, brother, hey, brother, this. Bro-. You know what's sad is the biker community values that more than the church does. I'm just being real. You don't call everyone brother in that community. That's not as the loose thing that you say. And yet, in the, hey, brother, brother, this, brother, that. Who's your brother? Now, I'm not saying run around like, you're a pig. <laughs> we covered that last week, right? The judgmentalness, the criticalness. Look at your own logs and treat their issues like what? Specs. But yet, there is opportunities and times that this stuff does happen. This, this church was not following the word. They weren't following what Christ had laid down. They weren't following what Paul had been teaching them. So therefore, there had to be some correction, right? I'm just wanting to clear up the issue on judgment. Judge not, lest you be judged. Yeah, that's true for the world. But we are to evaluate and look at ourselves as brothers. Amen? Not with a magnifying glass. You don't have to get up close. I'm saying indulges in some serious issues. When that's going on, you who are spiritual, you go to them in humbleness and in a right attitude and heart. And the purpose is to restore. The purpose is to bring healing. Amen? If the person refuses restoration, they refuse to come back in order, they refuse, then you are not to call them brother any longer. Is that clear enough? I believe the church is probably heading towards some of this in the future. I believe there's going to be a great outpouring. I believe there's going to be a great revival. And it's going to be a great opportunity for wolves to sleep in amongst sheep. And there will probably have to be some judgments made. There will have to be some things spoken to the body like it happened in in the early church. So that there's a healthy church. Amen? And you and me, as the church, will be the ones doing those things. We will be doing those things. There's a way to do it. There's a model for it. This is the last verse of the day. And then next week we'll go into point four, which is, it's honestly beautiful. So this was a pretty rough one today. I know. Next week is honestly pretty beautiful, and the title of next week's topic on is uh, point four would be, in the end, the just judge will sort it all out. Amen? So the last verse today is James chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, and I love this passage of scripture. He says, so speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. That's the reap what you sow. That's the, the same measure you've been measured out. If you've been judging people without mercy, James is saying that same measurement is coming back to you. Be merciful, church. We're to be merciful. We're to be merciful. When There's always that heart of mercy to see restoration, to see healing, to see growth. Amen? Even through hard and, and, and bad circumstances. 
goes on to say that mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Nobody, and I'm, I hope you hear me, no one should want to have to go and pronounce judgment. No one should. You sh it's a joyful thing to be merciful. It's a joyful thing to be able to say like, and recognize, you know what, I have logs. And I know there's some logs. I'm not going to talk to you about my log if it's an issue that you have the same one because it's the same material. I'm not qualified to speak on that. But if the Lord has delivered me and the Lord has set me free in an area and you're struggling in that area and you're going past struggling, actually you're like running rampant and you're not listening to the biblical word and, and conviction is just you're blowing past it, then those who are godly have to go and make some restoration. Amen? Mercy triumphs over judgment. I'm going to be merciful. But there may come a point that we have to go and write some stuff. Amen? It's going to happen. Judgment without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Let's be merciful. Amen? Know this. Next week we're going to talk about the just judge will sort all this out. And it's really good. Um, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to dismiss you here shortly. Time for us to wake up, church. I believe there's going to be a great outpouring and a great revival. And there's a high probability that after that, it, it could get ugly. <laughs> it, it, it could get ugly. And saying that, I'm not scared. And I'm not saying that in myself. I hope you hear me. I'm not trying to, oh, I'm being pride. I'm not scared. I, I know I have read the end of the book, Richard. <laughs> I know you have too. We win. We win. Here's, here's the reality. Yes, he wins, but I'm in him and he's in me, so therefore we win. <laughs> Amen. And I do get to come back. He's going to ride down and I'm going to be with him. <sighs> I'm going to see that, that snake put, and that dragon put in the pit. And so are you. I'm excited about that. Yes. Like, that's a good yes. thing. Yes. But in the meantime, um, the rest of the church, we think Americans that we're the church. The majority of the church is in other countries under persecution. That's a true reality. So we can't be ignorant to think that someday we might face some of that. When in Canada, it's hate speech to preach about anything against LGBTQ. When Franklin Graham has been banned from going to England anymore and, and bringing the truth and bringing the gospel, we're not far away from that. If, if the agenda that has been set to try to overcome what's going on now, that's where we'd be headed. And you need to start figuring some stuff out. Like, where do you stand on that? What am I, if, if you, listen, if you can't stand up now with the freedoms we have, don't fool yourself and think you're going to stand when all hell's crashing down around you. So you better take advantage and, and work while the sun's up. Amen? Yes. Be bold. You weren't, you weren't called to be little, you know, little babies just laying. No, God's called you to be warriors. That's why you have armor. Okay? He's called you to come into an army. And armies take territory, right? Armies fight against things. There's opposition. That shouldn't scare you. That's just the truth. That's, that's where we're at. 
So let's do that. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How about you? I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. This is, this is your opportunity, church. Don't be the silent majority. Be vocal. Vote. Vote for your political truths that you stand with, that all of our human lives are created equal, that they're all valuable, that every single human being is valued, that, a, that no human has a right to take a life of another. That's never okay. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, none of us, Lord, we're all lost without you. Weren't none of us good. All of our righteousness is filthy rags. Lord, in this, I'm no better than anyone else. I'm not better than the homosexual. I'm not better than the transvestite. My sin repulses you as much as any other sin. You're a holy God, and I recognize that. But Lord, I also stand with you in the truth. You're not okay with my sin. You're not okay with anyone's sin. So I don't sit in judgment. I just say, sin is not okay. And it's never going to be okay. It's violating what your plan is for us. So Lord, I agree with you. And I pray, Lord, that the church would wake up. Stand with what's right. Lord, let us not be judgmental. Let us not be nitpicky over little things. Let us encourage one another. Teach us to speak the truth in love. Teach us to be merciful. Not to assume the worst, to assume the best. Let us treat all of our faults like logs and our brothers like specks. Let us not judge the world, but we do know trees by their fruit. You've told us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We thank you, Lord. I, I thank you for the country that I'm in. It often still boggles my mind to think about the rest of this world, and there's people born into countries under persecution to be a Christian, and yet I have such freedom. We have such freedom. Lord, help us use our freedom wisely. We're all going to stand before you, and I believe we're going to give an account even for the freedoms and the things that we have and we didn't use. Lord, we, we love you. Jesus, I thank you that you're my king. You're right in every way. You're matchless in every way. I'm never ashamed of you. <laughs> I'm never worried about what you're going to say. You're my king, and I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for being born into the greatest country on the planet. I truly believe that. I thank you for the freedoms that we have, to, that we can speak and, and, and uh, be free liberty, and to pursue a life, Lord, of happiness. I thank you for that. Let us use our freedoms wisely in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You are dismissed.